I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. In October of 1985, a woman named Cherie Warren left work at a busy Salt Lake City office. To meet her estranged husband at a downtown auto dealership. She never made it home. Cherie's car surfaced weeks later in Las Vegas. In the parking lot of a hotel casino. No one knows how it got there. Strange. It was strange. Both Cherie's estranged husband and her boyfriend raised suspicion for investigators. I kind of thought that he might have done something. But no arrests were ever made. In Cold Season 3, we dig into double lives, make new connections in the case, and examine the difficulty raised by reasonable doubt. We want answers just as much as anyone else. They have creeps like that now, too, so nothing's changed. That's the new Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie. Now available anywhere you get your podcasts. Utah's best athletes count on flexibility, speed, strength. And the Jazz pick up their 22nd assist. So they count on University of Utah help. Brielle Soleil puts this game away. And so can you. Leading doctors, a world-class environment, award-winning innovation, care to be great. 14 unanswered by the Utes. University of Utah Health, caring for Utah's best and yours. Schedule your appointment now at uofuhealth.org slash care to be great. Okay, first off, uh, I'd like to congratulate our ski team, uh, another national championship, and uh, probably would have had one last year, too, if we hadn't uh, been uh, called off. But uh, anyways, uh, great job by uh, by the skiers. Uh, It's a passion of mine. I love skiing, and and so uh, very proud of those guys and gals, and and, uh, again, just a big shout out. Um, it's going to be good to get back on the field. It's been about three months since uh, since we last uh, were together on the field. Uh, got a lot to accomplish this spring. Uh, right at the top of that list would be starting to get the quarterback situation sorted out. Uh, obviously, Cam Rising will not be able to participate in uh, any of the spring ball activities. So the uh, the final uh, sorting out of that position will be done in the fall camp. But we got to get a good start on that and and uh, see where we are. Um, we've had a really good off-season program. Uh, we call it you know, it's the first quarter of the uh, four-quarter uh, training cycle. Spring ball is the second quarter. And so in the first quarter, guys worked hard, made a lot of progress with strength gains, and uh, we're, uh, I think we're in a pretty good position right now to, to head into spring ball. And so, uh, like I said, we're eager to get back on the field and, and uh, start working. So questions? Hey, Kyle, I wanted to touch on the change you made on your coaching staff. What led you to parting ways with Guy Holiday and bringing in Chad Bumfus? Well, we just felt that uh, to to, um, take the uh, position group and uh, to to, the next level and be able to have them continue to uh, progress and develop. And it's nothing against Coach Holiday. I love Coach Holiday. He's a close friend. But uh, we just felt like maybe a, a new face, a new voice in that room would be something that uh, would be a positive. And you're right, we do need to uh, add to that group. We did lose a couple guys in the portal, and uh, we're planning on adding guys to the to the position group. And that will be most likely not until uh, summertime, or at least close uh, close to that point, and that be in the immediate future. And so we're going to uh, continue to look and find the right fits for the, uh, you know, for the additions. And that's, that's the direction we're going. 
Um, I know that a spring two deep needs to be taken with a grain of salt, but can you maybe clarify what the quarterback situation is? You have Charlie listed as the starter. Um, Peter is the backup and Jock Quinden is not listed at all. Can you maybe clarify what the situation is there? Well, we typically just put it too deep down unless there's a, a situation where two guys are on equal footing. But it's just a very raw, uh, early speculation on what we, you know, how we're going in and what we feel is the pecking order right now. Uh, that could change dramatically as the guys start to take reps. And so really nothing to read into that other than we, uh, you know, we don't have any guys coming back other than Cam who won't be participating. We don't, we don't list guys on the 2D who will not be participating in spring ball. And so we'll just do a best guess scenario and uh, let it sort itself out. Uh, Charlie's the, uh, the upperclassman of the group, the senior. Uh, all the other ones are, are freshmen. And so just naturally we figured that Charlie would be the, uh, the leader of that group, uh, at least at the onset. And we'll see what happens from there. What are the difficulties, if any, of having such a drastic change to your QB room with, you know, with Jake and Drew leaving and Charlie and some new guys coming in? That should be fine in the final analysis. We've got uh, spring ball and all summer to work. Uh, they've already got a good start to uh, quarterbacks and receivers in this first uh, three months of the year, throwing on their own and, and uh, getting familiar with each other. And so, you know, spring ball is really, that's what spring ball is for, is to try to get uh, position battles ironed out and, and uh, get guys uh, situated on the depth chart. So that's uh, that's our job as coaches to start start making those decisions and uh, we just got to evaluate every day and, and uh, make the uh, decisions that we feel are, are the proper ones. Yeah, good morning, Coach. Um, I just was wondering what intrigued you the, mo the, uh, the most about uh, quarterback Charlie Brewer? Uh, the fierce competitive nature that the kid's got. He's, uh, you know, you talk to uh, anyone in that program, Baylor, and they'll tell you who the leader is on the football team and the guy that uh, everybody rallies around, uh, that combined with some really good statistics. He was the second leading passer in Baylor football history, led them to a bunch of wins. I know that the past season was not what uh, he was hoping for, but uh, you look at his body of work at Baylor, and it's very strong, and, and more than anything else is his leadership and ability to uh, make those around him better. Morning, Coach. So, obviously, you guys had the quarterback and running back position to address with the transfer portal this offseason. What was your guys' main objective with finding guys who fit into the program and fit into the system that you guys have? Well, exactly just that, finding guys that would be a good fit for us, what we do, uh, not only from a, uh, a football standpoint, talent standpoint, but personality standpoint. We've got... Uh, guys in this program we feel like we've got a great group as far as high character and guys that are team guys and that's what we we're looking for in addition to the football aspect of it uh, we're bringing guys in the program we've guys that are team players uh, unselfish and just want to make uh, you know make our football team better and, and contribute any way they can if it comes to it on the quarterback position how will you balance somebody who can help you win immediately versus somebody who might have better long-term potential, but doesn't have the experience? Well, it's all part of the equation. That's a good question because you're looking at uh, not only at the immediate season, but, but down the road, and you just got to do the best job that you can as far as balancing that and making the right decision. And 
and typically all all things being equal you know winning now is the most important thing and so uh that's going to be the uh top priority but but it all goes into the equation and uh obviously it's going to be a very important decision because that's the most important position on the field i don't think there's any doubt about that that's no secret and so uh, we'll just see how things shake out but but uh we feel like the room is is uh Got a lot of good players in it, and uh, the personalities seem to fit and been getting along exceptionally well. And, and of course, when we add Cam to the equation uh, in the summer, that that gives us one more uh, guy that uh, is going to be right in the hunt. You've got a pretty unique roster this spring camp, and you know you've got a majority of the roster are underclassmen, but you also return a healthy number of starters. You returned three of your four captains and 10 of 14 from the leadership council last season. I guess how unique is this roster and how beneficial is it to have the experience and leadership returning that you do? Well, it's the most unique since I've been a football coach. And the reason being is the seniors, super seniors is what we call them, is uh, they don't count in the uh, overall scholarship number. So we've got uh, a big squad. We have 120 players out for spring ball. And uh, I don't, I can't remember ever being above 90. And uh, of course, the the pause in their eligibility this past fall is a big reason for that. But uh, you know, we've got uh, a bunch of players in the program right now. It's it's like it's more of a fall camp field than it's a spring ball field because of the numbers. But uh, you're right, we have uh, I think 70 plus between the freshman and sophomore class, and uh, that's probably the most we've ever had there as well. And again, when you uh, pause the, the eligibility, things get backed up a little bit, but but uh, after this upcoming season, things should get back to uh, more of a normal feel and the numbers will get back to uh, where they've been in the past. Just with with the leadership, what is it like to have guys like Devin Lloyd and Mika Tafua and, and Orlando Oman and, and, and those guys kind of setting the example for those young players? It's invaluable. You can never have too much uh, great leadership and and those guys you mentioned have been excellent leaders for us. There's some really good leaders in the program uh, that are coming up through the ranks and the younger, with the younger guys. And, and uh, so we feel like we're in good shape uh, with a, a nucleus of guys that can set the pace and, and uh, be the guys that everybody looks to and, and uh, be the example for everybody. So we, we feel like we're in a good place as far as that goes. Kyle, Kane uh, Savage's shift to to wide receiver, is that more of a depth issue right now or or, or might that be a long-term move for him? A little bit of both. You know, obviously we need uh, bodies at wide receiver. That's where we took the hit most recently with uh, losing guys and not only to the transfer portal, but guys that are unavailable due to injury. And so Kane was an outstanding receiver in high school and was very productive. And so he and Ben Renfro, we moved two players from the defense over to the the wide receiver position between Ben and Kane. And uh, whether it's long-term will be determined uh, at the uh, end of spring ball. We'll see how those guys adapt. Ben was also a, a full-time receiver in high school as well. So those two guys have a lot of experience. And they're there due to the numbers as well as giving an opportunity to see what they can do on that side of the ball. And uh, if it looks like their highest ceiling is going to be moving back to defense after spring ball, we'll make that move, but it looks like they're, they're settled in and, and going to be productive at wide receiver and we can keep them there. So that's to be determined, but uh, we probably would not have, in fact, we definitely would not have made those moves had we not had some uh, thinning out of that position. 
quick follow-up, and this is off topic, but has there been any discussion uh, as to whether or not uh, it will be mandated for players to get the vaccine once it's their turn? I don't think it's going to be mandated. I don't know if you can do that. Uh, we're encouraging it, and uh, I think most of our guys will get the vaccine. I can't say that for certain, but, but uh, you know, I don't think that's something that, uh, that should be mandated. I think that's an individual decision, but but uh, we'll see how that goes. Hey, Kyle, obviously uh, Ty Jordan's death is not something you guys can easily just forget. Um, but how do you feel like the program in general is doing adjusting to that? Obviously, it's been a few months now, but, uh, you know, adjusting to being able to find a new uh, running back as well as uh, just understanding kind of the, the situation that brings and kind of the motivation that'll bring for, for guys this, this year. Yeah, well, it's obviously, you know, as painful as anything I've been through as a football coach. It's not a day that goes by that I don't think about Ty. Um, as far as his memory, you know, we, we are, uh, you know, we have some things in house here that we've done uh, to, to honor Ty and, and keep him at the forefront of our minds. Um, and he will definitely be missed. I mean, just not only as a football player, I mean, the football part of it was obvious, but his personality and his, his charisma and just the way he, lit up a room uh, is the thing that uh, I'm going to miss the most. Um, as far as the position itself, we went to the portal and got a couple of really good backs, uh, TJ Pledger out of Oklahoma and Chris Curry out of LSU, so we were able to to get some uh, some talent in the room in the offseason. And in that position with Mackay Bernard as well, those three are going to be the headliners of that group, and it'll be a good battle in spring to see, uh, see how those guys separate themselves. But... Uh, you know, it's a it's a situation where Ty is, is you know on all our minds still. It's been a few months, as you mentioned, but but uh, he is uh, he was such a, a dynamic person, and uh, he was you know, I personally miss him every day. That's, quick quick follow up to that it, it is. Do you feel like some of the players that maybe could have had a chance to go to the NFL or done something like that? Maybe some of this kind of helped give them some motivation to want to come back and kind of play their season four tie or, or do you kind of get any of that sense? You know, I, that's something you'd have to ask them. I haven't had that exact conversation with these guys as to why, uh, well, we, we talked about, you know, with each guy that was in that situation, the pros and cons of leaving and staying and so forth. But, but uh, as far as on a personal level with Ty, that's something you'd have to answer. Coach, he addressed the uh, the reason and the the feeling for why you needed to make a change at the receiver position. I would just be curious to hear why Chad Bumpfus was was the choice. Well, Chad was with us uh, back in 2018. His graduate assistant did a phenomenal job. Um, seemed to fit really well uh, with our staff and what we were doing. Uh, he's since uh, been a full time coach at a couple different places and done a nice job in those capacities. And just seemed like uh, a guy that you know, he already knew our system. He already knew what we're all about, how we run, how we run things, how we operate, and uh, just seemed to be a really good fit. He was very popular with the players uh, when he was here back in '18. And in fact, we have uh, four or five players still on the roster that were here uh, during that year, and they all were very uh, positive in their in their uh, viewpoint and opinion of Chad. And, it just seemed like a good fit all the way around. So that's the direction. A stranger with a gun came upon two teens taking pictures under a rising full moon. But violence is only the beginning of this story. 
Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are, and this is a big one. I'm Amy Donaldson, and I've spent my career talking about how lives are undone by violence. The Letter is a podcast about how lives are remade. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts.